This is the Abraham's Wallet podcast. Abraham's Wallet spans the gap between the austerity of obedience to God and the prosperity rising from faithfulness. Run your home and your dough like a biblical boss. All right, guys, welcome to the Abraham's Wallet podcast coming at you live from Salt Lake City, Utah. It's live for me right now. It's not live for you because I'm recording it and I'm going to put it on the internet in three days. So, But for me, this is a live broadcast. It has been a action-packed week at AW headquarters. Um, Stephen Manuel has been off at Bethel Church, learning how to run a ministry school, which is something he is working on in Cincinnati. And I have been spending pretty much all weekend, sunrise to sunset, in a educational seminar for my work. So this week we're coming to you with kind of a blog pod. I would say it's a blog pod. I'm going to label it that. And I wanted to go through my favorite books of 2019, which was a blog post. So I'm going to read you what I wrote down about these books, and then I'm going to probably riff on it a little bit as we do. So gents, we're winding down another year, and whether 2019 was a beating or a delight, let me just say, we are glad to have you around these parts, and we at Abraham's Wallet are grateful for the voice you give us in your life. Now then, I thought I would puke out a little article on my favorite reads from the past year. This puke is meant to bless you. It's full of chunky wisdom and in the thin, watery gruel of entertaining excellence. Also, your nose won't sting when this is over. You'll note that these aren't necessarily books that came out in 2019. I am just not on top of the trends enough to even nearly know what the best content produced this past year may have been. Trying to be on top of recent releases is not now, nor will it ever be on my to-do list. We're pretty cool around here, but not like that. No, this list is simply the best stuff culled from my reading selections over the past eight months because I have no idea what I read in the first four months of 2019. So, shall we dive in? Yes, we shall. The first book on my list is called The Household and the War for the Cosmos by C.R. Wiley. And I'm not going to lie, this was probably my favorite read of the year. And it's so quick. I read it twice in one weekend. Mr. Wiley entirely jives with our Abrahamic belief that every home is intended to be built up and fortified as a kingdom outpost. And in The Household and the War for the Cosmos, he reminds us what the word piety means, using a picture that was actually a common meme in the Roman era. The hero Aeneas, you might remember him from high school literature, carrying his father on his shoulder while leading his entire family out of the burning city. There's an image for you, right? The question becomes, which image seems more conducive to a Christian way of life to you? The modern American free man who has no debt but to himself, or our friend Aeneas with his father on his back? Yep, C.R. Wiley is a man after our own hearts, and he takes this image and compares it then to Abraham's journey, showing us how piety is at the root of a strong, well-ordered household. And a well-ordered household is really just the smallest molecular unit in a well-ordered and kingdom-bringing cosmos. So like I said, this is a really short book. 
I enjoyed it. It's hard for me to wrap it up in in a neat little package for you here. The the byline on the book is Recovering a Christian Vision for the Family. Um, But I really think if you jive with us here at Abraham's Wallet, you will dig this book. And I I think it's about 100 pages long. So really, it's something you can read. Take it, take a Shabbat and pull up this book. You'll get through it in one afternoon, no problem. Recommendation number two is a book by a guy named John Reinhardt called Gospel Patrons. So this is also a quick read. And Mr. Reinhardt set out to tell three stories of people whom the Lord entrusted with often very large sums of money in order that they might aggressively push the kingdom forward in this world. You'll likely be familiar with the front man in each story, but you might be surprised to hear that there was this background player in the shadows who funded the whole deal. Let me give you an example. William Tyndale was a well-known bloke who translated the scriptures into English for the first time. You may not know that this really ticked off the religious leadership, who ended up burning him to death. However, before these deceived pyromaniacs could snuff out the flame of the now-available-in-your-home-language Word of God, Tyndale's benefactor, whose name was Humphrey Monmouth, had been paying the bills for this project, and he used his fortune and his connections that he built in the business world to send copies of the English Bible to all corners of the kingdom, the the kingdom, uh, the United Kingdom making it impossible to quell the spread of this new text. So just two years later, there was an English Bible in every parish in the nation. What a stud. So that story in itself is worth reading this book. Really, the the accessibility of an English Bible hinged on this moment. And without this businessman, Humphrey Monmouth, we probably would all either be learning Latin or just trusting whatever the guy up front told us was in the book. So this is a fantastic book if you want to remind yourself that while the Lord may indeed call you to exhaust all of your resources at any given moment, he may also call you to steward more than you ever dreamed possible. So that's one of the principles that made us start this this podcast and blog in the first place. Gospel patrons, check it out. Okay, next book is called Endurance by Alfred Lansing. I bet some of you guys have read it. This was published back in 1959 and is actually, it's this gripping story of Edward Shackleton's expedition where he was going to cross the Antarctic back in 1914. There are some spoilers coming, so number one, they didn't achieve their goal. They did not make it across the Antarctic, but the grit on display in this book will blow your mind. I'm not big on extreme cold, so two years in Antarctica with just the clothes I can carry sounds particularly rough especially when snack time happens only if you chance upon a penguin between literally hopping from ice chunk to ice chunk. Yeah, this was his life for two years. Um, This book is gripping. Check it out. Endurance. Next book on the list is called The Sparrow, and this was written by a lady named Mary Doria Russell. And I'm not a big, you could probably tell, fiction guy, but this was my fiction read for the year, and it's also an oldie. It was written way back in 1996, so long before most of you were born. Just kidding, I think you're, you're older than that. But for those of you who need a cultural touch point for that era, Michael Jordan was halfway through his second three-peat run with the Bulls in 1996. So The Sparrow is a story of humankind. It's set in the year 2060, and... 
Earth receives definitive proof that aliens exist. And as I'm certain we would actually do, the politicos commence arguing about what to do next. But this group of people you may have heard of, the Jesuits, do what they've always done throughout history, and they sneak a missionary crew out into the next galaxy intent on bringing the gospel to this new people. What happens next is disturbing and incredibly well written. I'm not a sci-fi guy, but the Sparrow was both gripping and eerily accurate in its portrayal of the future. I'm not going to give you any more on this one because I don't want to ruin it for you, so just go read it. It's both fun and instructive to your soul. Next on the list is Into Africa by a guy named Martin Duggard. So if you don't, if you can't put it together by now, I'm a sucker for Painfeld adventure narratives. And this particular one tracks Dr. David Livingston and Henry Morton Stanley as they slog across the malaria-infested swamps of Africa, sharing the gospel, fighting cannibals, and impregnating tribal princesses, which of course led to more fighting. They finally did meet up, and this is the moment that you've heard of in which the phrase Dr. Livingston, I presume, was uttered. But their reunion, it's as heartbreaking as it is victorious. The whole time that I was reading this book, similarly to how I felt when I was reading Endurance, I was just saying to myself, if one of the hundreds of obstacles these guys are facing was in my way, I would be throwing the, the, all the gear in the back of the truck and calling it right there. So if you pick this one up, I'd actually love to hear whether you think Livingston was a saint or a psychopath by the time you're done. I read this a few months ago, and I still haven't decided what I think. But it's good, uh, and it'll, it'll make you think for sure. The last book on this list is I Am a Field. And if you didn't catch it, Jeff Davenport, the author of this book, was on our podcast a couple months ago, and he wrote, I am a field becoming a place where God grows great things. And we just didn't feel like we could make a 2019 reading list without including our good buddy Jeff in his first full-length effort. So in I am a field, Jeff welcomes you into the metaphorical living room of his metaphorical farmhouse and shows you how he's making room for the Lord as he works through fatherhood, career choices, and discovering his identity as a man. Don't take my word for it, just go back and listen to the episode we recorded with Jeff, and I'm pretty sure you'll be hungry to get your hands on some more of his witty and honest guidance for men who want to understand how God is working in their lives. So we're in on that. I recommend this book as well. And that's it, fellas. Six great reads. But now I want to give you a little bit more than what you came to this to this blog pod for. So allow me a friendly bait and switch where I give you a different kind of recommendation. But first, I'll give you a confession. I did the same thing you did this past year. I read a bunch of quick eye candy junk that came across my social media feed and buzzy articles that either reinforced my prejudices or gave me new ones. I wasted time examining photos of people I knew five years ago. And I intermittently tuned in to the sports of politics and current events as if they actually matter in the long run. They don't. Uh, My hours have been frittered away and thrown to the wind as if they're worthless, and they're not. I don't do these things to the degree that I have done in the past, but from time to time I do partake in these time wasters. So noble, and that means godly and god-oriented, ideas that shape my character and behavior into Christlikeness, those are ideas that are worth pursuing, okay? They're worth time and investment. 
having my soul conformed into a responsible, bold, sensitive to the spirit manliness is actually worth the trouble. And reading, the kind of reading that takes time, requires sustained consideration and expands your horizons, is the most important time you can give into this effort of mind shaping. Yes, first and foremost, the Bible, but reading other writers who buttress this Abrahamic worldview, it's also really important, guys. So I want to charge you in the coming year, which we are now in, to think, and to that end, to read. Shape your soul and mind and vision with the thoughts and stories of other great men and women. Put forth this effort. Reduce your ability to get distracted, okay? I want you to expand your attention span. Develop the ability to think long and hard on one thing. Fight your modern bent toward bubblegum entertainment, saccharine thinking, and cotton candy opinions, and be a kingdom man this year and read. Until next week, guys, I'm Mark Parrott, and you're listening to the Abraham's Wallet Podcast.